your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Are you ready for it? Because it smells and it tastes like free agency. It is someone is about to get paid the big bucks. Benny, what up, baby? Yeah, I mean, a lot of news already happening. Um, not official free agent deals, some re-signing, some players basically announcing that they're leaving their teams. A few trades here and there. We'll get into Rangers Bruins kind of free agency slash offseason preview. Um, what we can expect over the summer, what we hope to expect over the summer. Um, but I feel like before we get into that, we should just kind of hit on some of these uh, news items that came in since the last time we recorded. Um, no rhyme or reason to it. I'm just going to kind of rattle them off my head. Um, so out in Edmonton, Duncan, Duncan Keith retires, freeing up a little over five mil on Edmonton's cap, and it sounds like Mike Smith is either going to retire or be on long-term IR, which frees up another couple couple million for Edmonton. Now, do you use that money? I mean, they still need to replace Key, so I'm assuming someone like Kulak is going to get a deal on Edmonton to stay. But out of that remaining money, do you give that to Kane? No, I, I don't. I, I think that they have to get a goaltender. They need a goaltender more than you know. I'm going with, uh, I believe it'll probably be Jack Campbell going there. I think he's going to leave Toronto. Toronto can't afford him now. He's going to get paid on the open market. And I mean, when you can replace a top 15 in a league goaltender in Jack Campbell with Matt Murray, you do it. <laughs> yeah, I... I think that's probably going to be the one that costs uh, Dubis's job finally, but that that that'll be before Christmas. He'll finally get gassed. You think so? I think so. I think they'll be good enough to obviously make the playoffs, and then they'll get bounced in the first round again, and that's when it'll happen. And then Keith is out the door with them, and then the new guy comes in. Nylander's gone. Like Riley's gone. They're going to start clearing house. Good luck to him. Yeah. Good luck to whoever gets that. Um, the news about Mike Smith was surprising because I knew there were some talk. There was some talk about him re- coming up and potentially retiring based on how he was handling this playoff run. But if he is long term IR, like all Holland has said is, "Oh, he's a little banged up." Well, that's not long-term IR. <laughs> yeah. You have a whole off-season. Big deal with that shit. <laughs> like, if it's that bad, he's not just banged up. <laughs> it, it just seems like with Edmonton every year with the, uh, you know, we'll call it the disappointment factor. It, it just seems like it's always something. It's always been a goaltender, right? Yeah. Now, now they're going to bring a goaltender in, and now Duncan Keith retires. Now it's always going to be a defenseman. It's just always going to be something there. And if Kane leaves, so, okay. I think they need to bring Kane back. But at the same time, the money that it was just now freed up with Duncan Keith needs to go to a goaltender. So for Campbell, all right. Word is he's looking for six mil a year for five years. Okay. Are you okay with that? I am. Because, I mean, on the other end, Jack's still young enough. Well, like, it's not like you're bringing in an older guy in here. 
Uh, I think Jack has solidified himself as a goaltender in this league. I didn't say A1 or any of that. I, I just said goaltender. I, I think it, he does a good enough job. I, I just... The problem with Edmonton, and I think it always will be Edmonton, is that they're always going to be so front-loaded. Yep. And is the, the defense and is the defense going to be able to help them out on the back? That's just always going to be my forever wonder. If you're a team with some cap space and free agency, has Kane done enough to calm your nerves about giving him a deal? I think he has. I thought he went into Edmonton. I thought he played really well. And for a guy of his stature to go into something that's as wild as the Battle of Alberta and not get suspended, not get anything too wild and crazy, I thought for him that was very well reassuring. But I do know that any GM that is going after him has connections in that room somewhere. And I think that's the biggest thing. How was he? Was he off the deep end? What was he normal? Was he happy to just be with the boys? Like what was the final, you know, synopsis of him? So at least everyone has something to test. He knew he had money on the line. Like, of course he was a fucking choir boy. That's how I would look at it. Like if he went to Edmonton and blew it up, like it was his last shot. Absolutely. It was his last shot. I think, like he was a good boy in San Jose before his free agency, restricted free agency, and he got a seven-year deal out of it. And look what happened there. I don't think Kane has turned over a new leaf here. Um, I'm not. I don't think he gets anywhere close to forty-nine million over seven years. But if you see a guy like Ricard Raquel getting six years, Nick Paul getting uh, seven years. If you're a Vander Kane, Vander Kane, you're still on the right side of the age curve here. How could he not expect to get a minimum of six years? And I think the only teams that would give him six years are teams that are not really in contention. It's going to be like an overpay. It's going to be Philly if they lose out on Goudreau. And they're going to be like, well, we brought in a Flyers type of player. And that's going to blow up in their face. I think. Yeah, but even the Flyers type of player, it's like now that you brought Torts in there, yeah. Torts ain't going to deal with that, dude. It's like there's no way. Yeah, Torts can't deal with a cloudy day. So I'm not quite sure that should be the barometer at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Kane, we'll get into some predictions, but Kane, if he gets a long term deal, that's going to be a buyout by the end of year two. Um, I just think he's unique because no one knows what actual contract he's going to get shot across the bow just for his own, his own track record. Yeah. I have my own little theory here for the Edmonton goaltending. I guess this will be my first Frazier prediction. I don't think Jack Campbell goes to Edmonton. I think Campbell. Now there's nothing I've read that, Leads me to believe this. I don't think he enjoys, after the Toronto experience, the idea of going into Edmonton as the goaltending savior of the McDavid and Dreisaitl core and having that pressure in a Canadian market. He sounds, from everything I've read about him, like a pretty chill, 
likes to go with the flow type of dude, which is why him in LA probably would have worked well if they could have made it work. I don't think he goes to Edmonton. I also think Edmonton is going to try and get cute and save money in the goaltending scenario like they've always done. Like They shouldn't have brought back Smith last year, and they did anyway because he was cheap. I think they go with Samsonov. Interesting. Okay. I think they're going to go. He's young. He has potential. He has pedigree. I think if we get him in front of a team, like, I just think they're going to try and outsmart themselves to save some money instead of going for the more sure thing. I think Samsonov goes there, and I think Campbell goes to New Jersey. I mean, if Campbell goes to New Jersey, I think that Jersey's definitely trying to turn it around. Yeah. I will say this, too. Uh, Frank Saravelli just came out with a tweet. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau informed the Flames he will not be returning to Calgary. Emotional conversation for both sides as the Flames rolled out the red carpet to keep him. A massive offer was presented, as we reported, but this wasn't about money. So he just didn't want to be there. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> so, I mean, for Calgary, if they gave him a monster deal, then you sell it to Sonic Kachuk. And then you start getting into the Toronto situation. Um, so if I, if you had to choose Gaudreau or Kachuk, who are you choosing? If you can only keep one. I think Johnny gives you a certain element uh, hockey-wise. Yeah. But I, I just think for Calgary and what is up there and how they expect to play, I mean, I, I think you got to stick with Kachuk. I, yeah, I also just the age curve. Um, I think Kachuk's going to be like their long, long time captain um, because now they can give all that Gaudreau money to him. He's going to be there for a while. So Gaudreau, he's gone. Where do you think he goes? I know there's a lot of talk about he's a Philly target. We were kind of talking before we started about how I don't think he's a fit or we don't think he's a fit in Philadelphia. But then you start looking. He's not going to want to go to a rebuilding team. So you can eliminate all those organizations. Then you have to eliminate the organizations that just can't afford them. So mm-hmm. you're really left with like three or four teams. Where do you think he goes? See, I thought a, uh, a reunion with his BC boys down in Philly would be what seemed to fit the most. And now <laughs> you wonder as to the reported deal with Calgary was because it was a max contract because they could offer it eight years and 10 a year. So that's 80 million he left on the table. And let's say he does seven at 10, that's 70, but I don't think he's going to get 10 in the open market, maybe nine. Now, I know we're we're spitfiring where he's going, but I I guess I have another comparable is who's going to get paid more, him or Nazem Kadri? Oh man, if it's not Johnny Gaudreau, that's a fucking disservice. I know Kadri plays center, but he's older. I think he's a little bit older than Gaudreau, and he's just not the better hockey player. No, I, I, it's just sometimes you come off a year where you win a cup and then everything changes. And it's like, that's always one of those things that I worry about. But no, I'll I'll that's stick with my... Attest to. Yeah, I, I'll stick with my Philly prediction. Okay. But um, 
I wonder if it's Jersey, because Jersey just has all the cap space, man. And if they could add him. But the only thing is, if they add him, obviously they're a better hockey team. Yeah. But they're still going to be so small. Yeah. Like, they're just going to be a real little team if they put him there, too. Um, yeah, I also don't think they're going to. Like, they just gave that big money deal to Hamilton. I know Subban's off the books. Um,. They made the trade for uh, Vanacek and Goal, who's not that expensive. They still need to sign a couple of RFAs, and they also need to plan for next offseason. They can make it work. I just I, – I can see it, but I – something strikes me as, like, the idea of I'm going to go from Calgary to New Jersey – and take that deal just kind of reeks of taking the most money available that isn't from Calgary. And Goodrow doesn't kind of strike me as the guy who's like, I'm just in it. Highest bidder wins, baby. Uh, yeah. Well, I was so, going to say, they, they already lost the highest bidders. <laughs> um, New Jersey's an option. Philly's the option. Um, I just... It's really not that many – like, if he wants to come east, right, has he come out or have there been, like, strong indications that he wants to play east or is it just people making a Philly connection because of where he's from? I think people are making a Philly connection. There's already the rumors that the Islanders are going to offer him a seven-year contract, $9 million a year already. And, I mean, it's like if that's already what he's going for and, you know – New York has 11 million in cap space. They could fit him under the cap and then they get, I mean, they'd have to some trouble filling in their last couple of D spots for contracts. But I mean, if you get bare minimum guys, I think you're doing all right. So, I mean, also it, are the Islander was last year a blip because of so many injuries. And then also that brutal stretch of their schedule to open up the season. Or is it just, I know they their window, quote-unquote, just kind of opened, but they are already like kind of an old team. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say that I do think they're on the, the wrong side of the age here. I understand how Lou is very um, committed to a, to a lot of his older guys, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin. But, I mean, Clutterbuck and Martin aren't even making that much money. I mean, 1.75 and 1.5, that, that's not bad. Yeah, I think that their in-house younger talent has shafted them a little bit. I think they expected a lot out of Oliver Wallstrom, haven't gotten it. I think Kiefer Bellows, they expected a little bit more out of, still haven't gotten it. And I, I think that Devon Taves' deal still kills them because they could have had him on the back end as well because their drop-off after Pulick and Pellick goes right to Scott Mayfield and Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there, there's definitely some work that needs to be done here. Um, I have two predictions for you. You're going to like one of them. Seattle. Love it. <laughs> if they were, if they had a Vegas-type uh, expansion year, then maybe. Um, I have two predictions, one for each conference. Okay. If he stays out west or it doesn't matter – which conference he plays in. 
I'm going to go with the team that's pushing all in, especially based on their coaching hire in Dallas. Okay. I think they'll use that Klingberg money, and and they also have a decent amount of cap space. And they'll go, our biggest problem is generating offense. And they'll go with the biggest guy in the market. My Eastern prediction, and they'll have to figure out a way to make it work with the lineup, Ottawa. I, I do. Believe me, Ottawa has $22 million in cap space. They have plenty of space. So you have, I know he's a left winger. So you would have you would have to basically play Brady on a second line. I don't mm-hmm. think Kachuk will mind. Or can Kachuk flip over to the right side because you really don't want Goudreau and Debrinket on the same line. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can spread out the scoring with them too and then you still have Stutzla there too, like I, I think you could do pretty good. Like you could have a first – so your top six wingers – your first line wingers could be Goudreau on the left and Batherson on the right. And on your second line could be Kachuk, uh, Debrinket on the left and Kachuk on the right. Yeah. And, I mean, if you put Stutzla, whether 1C or 2C, up the middle, you're you're doing okay. And I still like Norris and Pinto for, as young guys, like giving them a shot, especially with that type of talent to see sink or swim time, you know? I do, I do like Norris. I will say that Pinto was he was too up and down for me last year. Yeah, the injury fucked him. Um, I still like him. He's like my pet project. He's I know we both like Dawson Mercer. He's my Dawson Mercer. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fair. <laughs> so that's my Gaudreau prediction. Either he takes a huge money deal to go to Dallas, or he goes to Ottawa because I know they're they've been rebuilding, but. The moves they made, I mean, they made the, they traded Murray, got out of that deal, and then they made the Cam Tablet trade today. They're not sitting back. And I think they see an opening with your boys as possibly slipping here a little bit. Tell you what, like I said last, at the end of last show, man, that Pierre Dorian, he, he just goes for it. And yeah. whether you, you hate that or love it, it I mean, he's <laughs> doing it. Um, before we get into more predictions, um, some of the other things. Valeri Nichuskin, eight-year deal, $49 million to Colorado after basically one good year and then one solid playoff run. I know his advanced stats for like the last two, two and a half seasons have been good, but this was a guy that three years ago almost just didn't have a job in the league. Like There was coaches being like, he doesn't contribute much of anything. And now he gets 49 over eight. Um, yeah. I'm guessing by th- year five, th- they'll buy out the last three yeah. years. Like, I know he's a nice role player, but you don't give $50 million to a role player. Um, Ricard Raquel gets six years for the Penguins. Once that deal was announced, it was $30 million in total. With that and Latang contracts, I know they're saying it doesn't necessarily rule out Malkin coming back, but I think that pretty much rules Malcolm coming back. Um, they're so tight for cap space that they basically, they had to uh, not qualify Denton Heinen, who turned out to be a solid like third-line winger for him this past year. Um, rumors are if they don't bring back Malkin, they're going to go hard after Pittsburgh native Vincent Trocek, who I mean, being, a, being a 
slightly productive center in an NHL is like being a left-handed reliever in baseball. You will always have a job and get paid. Troy Trek to me is going to be a guy who's going to get extremely overpaid. He's a nice player. He's not a guy you have a big money deal to as like the missing piece. Yeah, I like laugh because I see these predictions or projections come out and it's like Trocheck on the Bruins radar and it's like we we have 2.3 in cap space <laughs> like like how are we getting Vinny Trocheck? Like does someone know something I don't? And I mean the only thing that I could see happening is you know, we actually activate Marshand, Grizzlick, and McAvoy onto that long-term IR and use the money. And then at that point, you guys aren't going to be good anyway. It, yeah, exactly. But it's like, if we at least use the money, bring the guys in here, and then we can deal away and say, oh, shit, okay, we need X amount off the cap. At least we know. Yeah. But, like, I feel like we're just going into this too, uh, I guess, lackadaisical would be the word. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just so, I don't want to say perturbed, but it's like, Don, there needs to be some sort of backup plan here. Like 2.383 million. That's that's not a lot of wiggle room. Nope. You guys are going to have to start peeling away a little bit of the roster there. We'll get into you boys in a little bit. Um, There was some, I mean, a Latang deal we kind of touched on last time. It's like, all right, fine, whatever. Kind of long term for a 35-year-old injury-prone defenseman. Yeah, way too long for me. The thing with Malkin, like, I get it. You, He's been a Hall of Fame player and probably underappreciated because of playing on the same roster as Sidney Crosby during his prime. But all these reports out of Pittsburgh where, so he wants four years. Pittsburgh only wants to go three because he's also massively injury prone now and 35 years old. They're, they are basically on the same page with salary, $6 million. But because they won't give him year four, he's texting uh, uh, teammates saying, I guess they don't think I'm good anymore. Like the mopey shit. As soon as I read that, like I felt like taking a shower. I was like, oh, my God, fucking man up, dude. And, it's like, and now you see the opposite end of the emotional aspect of Malkin because on the ice – you get get under your skin easily, takes bad penalties, goes out to hurt guys, chief shots people when you get under his skin. Now you're seeing the opposite end of the spectrum where I need to feel needed. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, uh, Well, it's like if you need to feel needed, there's plenty of teams in this league that will fucking overpay for you. But yeah. now you wanted to, like, just stay there. And yeah, th- that's just the thing I don't get. And I, I will also say this about Malkin. You hear all the stories as to – how he has personally adapted to America. And I don't mean the NHL game. I mean, in general, as to when he first came over, uh, you know, gets pulled over and he just rolls down the window and hands the officer a whole full of cash and things like that. Like, <laughs> you used to, right? <laughs> I, like I, I just feel that he's so used to Pittsburgh yeah, and is comfortable there that him going somewhere else would be one of those things that, he might never just don't feel think, comfortable there. Exactly, and I think that's just why it's a personal vendetta where somebody else right now would be like, I'm rich, bitch. I'm cashing in. There is also a Pittsburgh reporter who 
doing some research on it has been known as like really close with Malkin's agent um, and Malkin himself. And he tweeted at like six o'clock today, six fifteen, that Malkin would be okay taking a one year deal to play with a cup contending team in the Penguins division. Now that's interesting. I mean, I mean that now, narrows down the teams that he's looking at. There's only two teams, Carolina and the Rangers. <laughs> and if I'm the Rangers, I want no part of it. No sirree. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care now, about a one-year, $5 million deal. See ya. Bye-bye. I, I wonder one other thing, too, and you know maybe I'm just going crazy and spit-firing, but what if he went to the Capitals? They have Ovi there. That they have Kuznetsov, like people that he would be comfortable with. They would have to move somebody because. Oh yeah, they don't have much room. They need a goalie. There's no yeah. question they need a goalie. But I mean, maybe they put Backstrom on it, long-term IR. But then that, I mean, Kuznetsov still your two C or Malkin's your two C until Backstrom comes back, and then your one, two, three for a potential playoff series is. Malkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. I mean, that, that that's a good one, two, three. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they tampa it and they wait until after and then Backstrom comes back, but it's after LTIR and they're off. I mean, there's was always that rumor. Remember dating back like 10, 15 years ago, every trade deadline. Malkin is about to get traded to the LA Kings. Remember from the Ottawa Sun, Bruce Garrich? <laughs> Yeah, so maybe he finally ends up in LA. <laughs> hey, who knows? We'll, we'll see where he ends up. The other uh, completed deal that I wanted to touch on because we kind of disagree about the player is the Forsberg deal of Nashville. Um, he signs an eight-year deal to stay with the Predators. I think what it, it's coming at what eight and a half million. Eight and a half. Yep. I think that's an overpay. For a guy who you still don't, I know we talked about it last time. It's just been gnawing at me where it's like, okay, he's a consistent, let's say, 60 point guy. That's ain't worth eight and a half million now. You know, in this league, it is. I just, I, I guess, I'm, I, just, I guess I just need to get used to the new market <laughs> because if that's the case, I'd rather. Like, Ryan Strom should then get $8 million a year for eight years. Like, he puts up 50 to 55 points a year since uh, he turned it around to Rangers. Like, why not that? I I just think Phil has been so consistent down there since he's gotten there. And we could have the discussion as to when he first got there and he was still putting up 60 points a year, he had no one around him. Yeah. And now, I mean... He's playing with Joey for the most part in um, Duchesne. I mean, Duchesne finally turned it around. But but I just think that for him to be consistent, they love him down in Nashville. I, I, think, it, I think it was a fair both ways. Like, I just think that's a good stay-at-home deal. Yeah. I would If I was Nashville, I would say, listen, we'll go eight years for you. But you know our cap situation because of our fucking deals with Duchesne Johansson and all those guys, can we get you at seven, seven and a half? Or if you want the eight and a half mil, we'll give that to you, but only for six. 
Something yeah, like. and I mean, I'm sure numbers like that were probably back and forth, and I, and I I do think that's fair. And speaking of Nashville, we're on them right now. I mean, one team, one team, I'll say, one person I, I think that might end up here because he's not going to cost a lot of money and has experience and can put the puck in the net. I think you might see Phil Kessel go to Nashville. Mm. One year deal. One year deal. Yep. And I mean, he's going to be cheap. Like nobody wanted to trade for him at the deadline. He, at this point in his career, he's probably a third line. You need to shelter him because of his foot speed. So he's basically a sheltered third line winger who helps on your power play. Yeah, I mean, hey, for for a cheap deal and not expecting much out of it. I mean, what does Nashville have to lose there? Yeah. Not a thing. I wonder what the uh, if he can if he if Phil would be okay swapping the hot dogs for uh, some for, for some hot chicken hot chicken <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see <laughs> um, but yeah so before we get into the Rangers and Bruins let's get some predictions out of the way so I already did my Campbell prediction and I guess a Samsonov prediction and a Gaudreau prediction um, Nazem Kadri where does he end up? This was my wild card because I was with you. I didn't know where he kind of slots exactly and where he could go. And now the only other thing for me is, you know, a question I would push back is, is he going somewhere to continue to win now or is he going somewhere to cash in? I think he got his cup. I don't I'm not saying he's a selfish player or he doesn't care about winning. But I think it makes it easier to go, all right, this team might not win next year or the year after that, but I can see a path. I think that makes it easier for a guy like Kadri, especially with the cap situation, a flat cap. See, this is my thing. There was rumors of him with the Islanders or the Devils. I can't see, I, I can't see either of them. I don't see either. I think he stays out west and ends up in Dallas. Okay. So that Goudreau money's going to him. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm thinking. So then that opens up actually some pretty interesting lineup possibilities for Dallas because you have Kaji's going to stay at center, but he also has some wing experience. Mm-hmm. You have Sagan at center or wing. Ben's a winger at this point. Then you have uh, Heinz who can play center or wing. So you kind of in training camp can kind of figure out who's your top three centers and then move the other guys off to their natural wing position and then build it up that way. Yeah. I just, I just think that's a spot where everyone's kind of on the fly. I saw a a quote unquote rumor of Columbus and I just don't think he Mm. would actually sign there. I don't think anybody willingly goes to Columbus. Like no offense. I like the front office. I just think, you don't willingly go there at this point until they're like a perennial contender. No one's going to be really like, you know what? I'm going to the blue jackets. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed a nice quiet play. Nice little Midwest living. <laughs> um, Kadri for me, I know it's might not be 100% feasible, but I think he goes to Carolina. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't pick them because I thought they were a little, strapped up to it but uh i mean they have they can make so they let d'angelo go they have i mean they still need to fill out most of the roster but they have about 20 mil just under 20 mil in cap space 
say you figure you want to leave $2 million at this on opening night. So you have about 16 and a half million. If Kadri gets eight of that, it leaves you $8 million to kind of fill out the lineup. But the good thing is they do have a couple of forward prospects that they are expecting to be in a lineup, at least in the bottom six that they can kind of plug in on the ELCs. So that's going to be my off the board prediction for Kadri is Carolina. Um, Evander King. That is the one that I just, (laughs) I have nothing like there's other people I had like hunches for that. That's one guy that I'm like, how how about this flyer? Uh, Seattle Kraken. Now that's a team that can do it. Would be able to take on the hit. Do you think Kane goes there? I mean, Kane strikes me as a guy's like, just give me the most money. No, I, I agree with that. And I think that Ronnie's one of those guys who's not going to touch him anyways with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but if we're just looking at a money transaction and where to go and for him, a, a guy who at this point is like you said, it's a money thing. Doesn't care about anything else. Why not go to Arizona? Oof, playing at ASU, huh? But you know what? If it doesn't fucking matter to him the way that he is, all that shit's irrelevant. That's perfect for him. They got one reporter. You have a college rink. You're under the radar there. Fucking college rink, man. At the draft, you hear them when... (laughs) First of all, at the draft, the fact that the president, the owner's son, is the one, like, making, like... Thank you, Montreal. We're so happy to be here. We want to, like, let your hockey ops people fucking handle it. I didn't like I, that. But I, I would love the thanking. ASU, the arena booed. <laughs> that, that, that's what made me laugh when he thanked ASU. I'm like, you're really thanking them for keeping you around. What a guy. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, and it's, it goes hand in hand with, my goaltending prediction. I think he signs a one-year, $8 million deal with Edmonton. Okay. I think he stays. I think he takes the one-year deal, which works for Edmonton, and he wants to prove that he's a 30-goal scorer again. And then next offseason, when the cap jumps up a little bit, he'll have a few more suitors to possibly get like a five-year deal for eight, nine mil a year. I mean, and they were happy with him, too. Yeah. It's not like he went there and underperformed. I just think that I, – I just always think Edmonton's always just going to fuck themselves one way or the other. <laughs> uh, Malkin. <sighs> L.A. L.A. Kings. I think he – I think he uh, – I mean, I have Kaji going to Carolina. I don't think the Rangers, one, have interest, or two, want to give him more than – a like a year deal. And I don't think he signs for a year, despite that rumor. I feel like, uh, let me, let me take a look here really quick. I want to just verify something. Uh, well, well, it's funny, like numbers wise, like obviously you can always wiggle the numbers. That, that's not the biggest thing. It's just like, know what I'm going to do. I'm calling it. He's going to Detroit. Interesting. Okay. He grew up idolizing the Russians on the Red Wings. 
I mean, Detroit has plenty of space. I can see Stevie Y taking him in. Stevie Y is not going to yeah. push Talon away. And then he gets to play with Sedina and Bertuzzi and Larkin, and he's the main guy, and he can feel appreciated as the main <laughs> guy. Dig, um, dig and Detroit's kind of up a little bit. Like, so they're moving in the right direction. So I think I'm going to say he goes to Detroit. All right. Um, a couple more here really quick. Um, Claude Giroux. Ottawa. I think Ottawa has them all locked up. Really? I think he's ready to go home, baby. He doesn't want to have to push around anymore. Ottawa's on the turnaround. I, I think that is a perfect landing spot for him. All right. Well, I can't have him go to Ottawa because I have Gaudreau going there possibly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say because in my world, Kane signs that one-year deal with Edmonton, which was another rumored spot. I have him staying in Florida. Can I throw out one other spot hypothetical? Yeah. He goes with an old friend, goes to Columbus with Jake Voracek. Oof. I mean, he, he wants to win the cup, man. No, I know that. I'm just saying that him and Jake were, were separated in Philly. Yeah. And him and Jake were tight. So I think that was one of those things of maybe a little unfinished business. And I just think that if Giroux does indeed want to win a cup, a lot of these cup contenders are very close to it. And I don't yeah. think they're going to be able to fit him in, in the sense of th- this is his last ticket, Yeah, you know? So it's like, whether he goes, what do you think he's going for? A three year, four year deal? Maybe. I think he'll take a two year deal to be honest, if the team's right. So take a two at what? Four a year. I think if it's a shorter deal, he'll probably want a little bit more. So I can see him doing like five, five over two. Or if it's a th- a four year deal, he'll he can drop down to like three, even three million a year. I just find it crazy that fucking like he was eight eight point two seven five the last couple of years, like yeah. the drop off, you know. So it's like, ugh. I always find it hard to the guy anymore. Cut... He's the guy who helps the guy now. Yeah, no, it's just so hard for me to just cut certain people off like that. <laughs> Be like, nope, not it anymore. That's it. Um, my last ask of you is John Klingberg. See, this is a funny one for me because everyone has had rumors attached to them. Yeah. Ex- except him. Th- yeah. This has been relatively quiet the whole way, and it's like. I think you can look anywhere for defensive help that people will take defensive help. And I think it will come down to numbers. But if the numbers will work, I think you might end up in Edmonton. Okay. I think Klingberg goes to Winnipeg. All right. I'm all right with that. I like Winnipeg. Just not in the winter. Dude, we both had them much better than they were last year. I like Bonus as a coach. I think he'll write the shit with Shifley. Um, they have hell of a fucking goal. If they can just, I don't think they need to make a lot of moves. I think they just need to kind of clean it up a little bit. All right, guys, let's fucking get into this shit. Um, and if they can add, because their defense is still their weak spot ever since Buffalo left. So I think if they can add a guy like Klingberg, who's not a true number one, but he's would be their number one, I think that would help him. Yeah, I mean, if you add them up there, you'd have Morrissey, Schmidt, and Payonk. Yeah. And then you still got Dylan there for the meet. So yeah. Dylan and DeMello. 
to that first pair because Morrissey has struggled ever since Truba was traded. So I think if you put Klingberg of Morrissey and then you slide Pionk back down to the second pair and shelter him a little bit more, that helps him too. Right. Everybody wins, pal. Yeah. Um, anyway, so enough about the league. we got to get into our boys. Um, I'll let you go first because there's a little bit more nuance to your offseason because of your cap situation. Um, and also some breaking news that we got right before we started recording. So take it away. Yeah, well, we, we heard or, or we had an inside source that said Krejci is back with the team. Um, yet again, I'm, I'm a-okay with David Krejci 2.0. I'm not a... You have some people, I don't want him back or this, that, the other thing. I, I am a-okay with David Krejci coming back here. My... Um, questioning of the other part is is David Krejci who he used to be I I don't know I mean he went to that Czech league and was only a point of game player and for a guy who was in the NHL for as long as he was and as good as he was long term I I think he would have ripped it up a little bit more that's just what I think is he going to be able to come back here and do it as we think I don't know um I think he was just using a Czech league as a stay in shape thing. I don't think he was going in there being like lighting the world on fire. I think he just wanted to stay healthy and stay in game shape just in case. Yeah, just just to get a sweat <laughs> in, right? Like yeah. I don't know. Um, right now, looking at our roster, you know, we had referenced it earlier: McAvoy, Marshand, Grizzlick out for at least the first two months of the season uh, rehabbing injuries. And now it makes you wonder as to where people are going to fall into this lineup. Jack Studnika got qualified yesterday. But the only thing now with Jack Studnika is that he cannot go up and down through waivers. And Well, he has to go through waivers now to go up and down between Boston and Providence. So his window is closed. So he better hope that he's ready to play with the big boys because it's either that or Providence. There, There's no in-between because someone will take him on waivers. Now, looking at this lineup, um, listen, I've said this for years, but now it's real life. Charlie Coyle needs to go. Yeah. Um, We we are very log jammed at the end of the season coming up as to guys who are coming off of the books. And, you know, I referenced this before, but Nick Foligno, Craig Smith, Eric Halla, Thomas Nosek, uh, Chris Wagner. These are all guys that will be coming off of the books. If we re-sign Bergeron for a one-year deal, that would be another one coming off the books. Same thing David Krejci. Yeah. And we would only have a certain amount of guys up front. But if this is a right-now type thing, and the Bruins had already stated that they do not plan on buying out Nick Foligno and or trading him, that's 3.8 sitting on our cap. Yep. I love Craig Smith here. Last year, the deal at 3.1, I think it was a fair number. But we need to decide what's going to happen with Craig Smith. That's another thing. And the other guys, the hit's not as bad. I, I think your biggest trade block right now, if you are looking for certain people, would be Eric Halla after the year he had last year, uh, just stepping into that 2C role and, and playing very well for us. But now on the back end, it's like obviously you're going to have some trouble with Charlie and Grizzlick being out preliminary. Yeah. But then it's like... You have Derek Forbert with a eight-team no-trade list. 
So now on the other end, it's like, okay, it looks like Mike Riley would be the odd guy out just off a cab pit. So $3 million, Mike Riley, thanks. You, you did great. See you later. We have Jakob Zaborl coming back from his leg injury. Hopefully he can continue on the trajectory that he was on before he got hurt. He, he was actually playing really well for us. And now, you know, you have Clifton, Zaborl. If we keep forward, we'd have him. We'd have Carlo. We'd have Hampus. So it's like, okay, I mean, that, that'll get us by for a little bit, but not very long. You brought up a great idea earlier, and I, and I couldn't agree with you more, is that if we have now committed to Jeremy Swayman, he is now the guy, the, the person that we're leaning towards, and we have Linus locked up for another three seasons at $5 million a year, and someone comes knocking, I don't know, New Jersey, that that's a place where you got to trade him to. Uh, yeah, like someone that is going to take that cap. No, you can't. And obviously th- there was times last year where they both kind of switched off. Some, you know, Jeremy would take the, you know, the lead. Then he'd kind of linger a little bit. Linus would come up. So I-, I just think that if we are indeed putting the ball on Swayman's court, quote unquote, I think that you need to get rid of that $5 million off your cap and Swayman and uh, Omar. And listen, so, don't be worried. If you get rid of Allmark and then Swayman struggles or whoever replaces Allmark isn't just just isn't cutting it, you can always bring Tuca back. <laughs> you can always bring Tuca back for some filler, right? Maybe some Tim Thomas action. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking down on the minors, I mean, we did bring in Troy Grossneck last year. I mean, if worse came to worse, maybe we could sign him for one more year UFA just to stay with us. I, I just... There's a lot of work going into the cap right now, and Don is against it, and he needs to figure out a way to, you know, wiggle it a little bit. I think wiggle, wiggle, our, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> but I do think that um, three players that have a shot of cracking this lineup, and I think that's part of the problem too, where development camp's happening right now, and I think they have a very strong eye on Merkalov. In Beecher. Yeah. Uh, Lizell did not come to development camp, or he's not on the ice for development camp because he's playing in that World Junior in August. So they just decided to keep him off skates. But if they believe Merkulov and Beecher are ready, I do believe that some of those guys on the bottom end here are going to be dealt. So A, there's cap room when we're bringing in guys on entry-level deals to make it a little bit better and for everyone else to come back in. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a must. Um, I just don't know on the other end, like I was telling you earlier, who's going to play the trade game with us because it's in the sense of if you call me and I know that you're bent over a barrel and you're going to have to unload people. Yeah, and I mean, I I feel like that's our, I don't want to say strong suit, but like that's always been our, our place where Don needs the most work is drafting. Yeah. So with that, it's like there's certain things that you might have to let go of for a return that you did not expect or sell things off for draft picks. Hey, call St. Louis. You're looking for an extra defenseman. We got Mike Riley hanging around. It's going to cost you a fourth round pick. I don't think that's a bad deal. And you have a solid, you know, sixth or seventh defenseman of Mike Riley. Well, here's the thing. With the goaltending market the way it is, I think he can get a solid return. Like, Georgiev got uh, two-thirds and a fifth. Now, I know Colorado signed into a three-year deal, and his cap hit is less than what Olmark is getting paid. But Olmark, I also think, 
is the better goaltender. Oh, I agree. Point. So mm-hmm. if you're Boston, I think what how I would kind of try and manage it, you obviously can't take back a roster player unless he's on an ELC. So you're Correct. looking at draft picks. So if you can get a second and a fourth for Olmark, no salary retention, you clear him out, and now you can attach your own fourth-round pick, third-round pick to somebody's contracts, get those out, and you still have some draft capital that you got from the Olmark deal. I'm A-OK with that, man. And, and I mean, <laughs> it's nothing against Olmark. I, I thought he's been very good for us. It's just that we're against it right now. We're strapped to it, and we got to yeah. find a way out of it. I think they get that. It, it would be different if you had a $30 million cap space and then you just sent them to, like, Arizona. Yeah, just for fun. Like, hey, go hang out here. Pal. Off. Like, he's gonna be like, you got rid of my dude for nothing? Yeah. Well, thank God Tuca's around. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so basically, if Krejci is back and that's official taken care of, your roster is essentially done outside of creating some cap space. So, like, you're going to have a very slow summer. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to be trying to dig our way out of it all summer and just kind of – looking whichever which way to find something. Now, on the flip side of that are my boys. So we don't have a ton of cap space, um, but we have a pretty huge hole to fill in our roster, our second-line center. Um, It came out late last week that the Rangers and Ryan Strom had agreed to part ways. He's going to be moving on. One of the – I mean – Jeff Gordon is an incredible talent evaluator and just trade man in the league. I mean, he traded Derek Broussard for Mika Zibanejad. So that's deal number one. Deal number two is two second-round picks for Adam Fox. So that's the other building block trade. And then the other one was uh, basically Ryan Spooner for Ryan Strom. So you got a, your second line center to play with your biggest free agent addition, your first line center, and a Norris Trophy defenseman. And all you traded was Ryan Spooner, Derek Broussard, and two second round picks. <laughs> so to that end, thank you for everything, Stroma, Stromer. Appreciate it. Wish you can hit a fucking open net every once in a while. He'd probably be playing in the Stanley Cup final uh, this past June. But for what we acquired you for, one of the best value traits in Rangers history. It came out today. Andrew Kopp is moving on. Um, the Rangers offered him five years, uh, $5 million per. He turned it down. He wants Zach Hyman money. He wants seven years, $7 million a year. He's not getting that here. Best of luck to him. Nice trade deadline acquisition. Um, I wonder where he ends up. He's a Michigan guy, maybe Detroit. Um, they have the space they can sign him in Malkin. Uh, so we'll see where he goes. But that leaves the Rangers with a couple options. Is Filipino for real, number one? And if he is, do you think he's a center? I don't think he's a center. He's not strong on faceoffs, and he just has grown into a better finisher than a playmaker which is why his line with Lafreniere and Kako works so well. Kako did the dirty work. Lafreniere was the playmaker, and Hedl finished. I think that's why that line works so well. So I think 
ideally the Rangers have him as a winger on Panarin's line uh, to be the finisher to Panarin's playmaking. So he's not your option, but the Rangers could try and make that work. Second option is free agency. You have Trocek, who's out there, who I already gave my opinions on. I mean, if you're going to sign Trocek for $6 million a year for five years, might as well just try and make it work with Strom. Um, devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Um, besides Trocek, I mean, until Malkin signs somewhere else, there's going to be maybe he'll go to the Rangers. I don't see it happening. Um, they were talking about Nazem Kadri today, somehow making it work. The rumor, the wild rumor that I sent you, and this is from like a legitimate reporter, was that Kadri would sign a deal with another team that has tons of cap space like Arizona. And then that team would then immediately trade him to the Rangers, but retain 50% of the cap. And the Rangers would send back a pro- uh, significant prospect haul. And then he would have Kadri, but only for like $4 million a year. <laughs> to try and make it work under the cap. See, like I, I understand people taking on salary for the cap. Yeah, but, like I, I get that. Seven years. The only things, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my thing. It's like it's not for seven years. I've seen people do it for a year or two. Where you're like, all right, you know, we're kind of rebuilding and we're getting things on the fly, blah blah blah. But no, no one's taking a four million dollar hit for seven <laughs> years. Um, so Kadri's too expensive. Drew is not coming here, and I don't think he's a center at this point in his career anymore. Um, so free agency is slim, is slim picking. So then you go into the trade market, and a rumor since the deadline was JT Miller, but the Rangers can't afford him. He's going to be a free agent after next season. They won't be able to afford him, so it doesn't make that much sense to meet Vancouver's request of two top prospects in the first round pick just to see him leave next summer. So I don't think Miller is going to work unless Vancouver really drops their asking price. Um, Outside of that, there's not too many guys on a trade market that one fit and two, the other team is looking to trade. Um, We'll see maybe with some free agent signings that are unexpected over the next 48 hours that might rattle some trees and a, new player might become available. Um, the two guys, and these, this isn't very exciting. If you're looking at centers and you're trying to stay within the cap structure and everything else, they're both free agents, so it's easy. There's no trades. There's no convincing anybody. The first one is Dylan Strom. Just got uh, unqu- not qualified by Chicago for some reason. He's 25. He's not great defensively. He's basically a little bit slower version of Ryan Strong. And that seemed to work really fucking well with Artemi Panarin. So he would need to be sheltered. You, I mean, you can't put him and Panarin out there against the other team's top line or even second line. It would be need to be sheltered offensive minutes for the most part. Um, but if you can get him on a two-year prove-it deal, like a bridge deal, two years, $8 million, two years, $6 million, something like that. That might work. The other option is Paul Stastny. I love Paul Stastny. I love him too. I love that he had no fucking chill and was calling out Winnipeg's locker room this summer. <laughs> um, I think, listen, he's still dominant on faceoffs. The Rangers have gotten their asses handed to him in a circle for years now. 
he's again not great defensively, and he had a very outlier out offensive year this year, past the age of thirty five. So that's always going to be like a. Is he going to be able to replicate that? My ideal, if the Rangers don't want to go the trade route, is you sign both of those guys. You put Sassini as 3C, and you put Strom as 2C, and you ride it out. And if it doesn't work, you have the deadline to make a big splash because you saved that cap space. If it does work, now you don't need to spend more assets on it, and you save yourself some uh, draft capital in the process. If it does work, Drury's a genius. Yeah, that's how I would kind of handle it. Um, I just feel like Drury has something up his sleeve in terms of making a fucking monster deal. They keep talking about Patrick Kane only wants to play for the Rangers. The only way that's going to make it work, that can work, and we solve our second line center uh, hole, is Chicago's going to have to eat a minimum of half that contract and take Nemeth off our hands. Like, that's the only way it's going to work. Um, I just have this feeling like something's about the kind of first year with Drury going all in on a cup run next year um, because he knows next offseason we got to sign Keandre Miller. We got to sign Lafreniere. We got to sign Kako. Heedle would be an RFA. Um, I'm blanking on someone else. But you, you, you're going to have to start getting out some big-time deals to some of these guys, and you won't be able to keep all of them. So I think Jory has something up his sleeve. But I think if you're going to say stable, Sassany 3C, Strom 2C, and then you just have basically the same lines that you had in the playoffs last year, just with a little bit more experience, and both guys are better on faceoffs. Outside of that, the only other spot is clearing Nemeth off our cap and figuring out a third-pair left-hand shot defenseman or seventh defenseman. And who's playing backup and goal? That's it. So we got to figure out center ice. And then the other open holes are basically like league minimum positions. So we're not really over a barrel here. Um, but I feel like, but it's next time we record, it's going to be a, I can't believe the Rangers did that. <laughs> I mean, if you do cut that cane uh, thing in half, it's only 5-5 five, five a year. Well, for one year, that's all you got left. Yeah, five, five. I don't think they can fit that and sign like or trade for an above average two C. I I just wonder, like you know, on the Chicago end, I don't see them being busy in free agency at all with everything they just did. But yeah. now on the other end, if they do push out both Taves and Kane. And they're willing to eat half the contract. Basically, it's like they're keeping one of them just cap-wise. Yeah. But, but outside of that, I mean, I just wonder, man. Like, what <laughs> on earth? Like, what would a Patrick Kane or a Jonathan Taves Hall get you? Like, that's what I wonder. It's not going to get them much. I'll tell you that. I know Blackhawk fans, I, I made the mistake of going on their subreddit over the weekend. And they're talking about, we want Lafreniere... And Keandre Miller for Patrick Kane and will retain 25% of the salary. I'm like, you guys are fucking out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, don't I, just, I just honestly money. wonder what's, what's fair market for that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so 
it came out today, the athletic uh, Shapiro, who's been one of the best hockey beat writers consistently, in my opinion. He basically said that the organization is having a scorched earth campaign because they don't want to be the ones to ask the icons to waive their no trade clause and get moved. They want them to come to the organization and say, we want out. I mean, I don't think they really have to go there and say that. It's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's what I got for the Rangers. We'll be a little bit busier than you, you guys up in Boston. Um, But I kind of like your situation. It's more interesting than me because you know me, I like the numbers and trying to fit the puzzle pieces. So if I had a choice between the two, just for a roster building, I would like to be in Sweeney's hands and be like, all right, how do I get this here? And move Omar and get this draft capital back and trying to figure all that shit out. Yeah, I just, uh, the only thing I don't get with Sweeney, and, and I mean it, it seems as if we were just at the draft. We were at the draft. Like, why could we not do anything at the draft? Like, so we already know what we're going into. Well, <laughs> what would usually be July 1, but, but July 12, you know? So it's like just a... Uh, just simplicity is all I'm looking for. And obviously Don does not have that to give me. Just doesn't have that to give me. Unbelievable. Um, for some reason, and I know it doesn't make any sense after the conversation we just had, I feel I have this pull for like the last 10 days that you guys are going to sign Cali on <laughs> I would, you know what, I, I would love Cali Yarncroke. I mean, I think he was 2-1 last year up in Calgary, whatever his hit was. It wasn't very big. And, like, we could definitely get him in there and be like, woo, we did it. <laughs> but but now on the other end, it's kind of like, great, we got him. But now we still need to sign other people. Like, it's yeah. a whole whole process. And you know who I can see us getting? Like, just another, like, random person like that? I do think Cali Yarncroke's better, but, like, Dominique Kubalik uh, from oh, Chicago oh, yeah. there. I mean, dude, he reminds me so much of Peter Pruga. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two Third hands always on the sick. Year, only on a power play. Does nothing else for you except score goals. And he flames out after like three or four years and he's back in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that was just like, but like, that's what I could see is something like that. And I could like, I don't want to say I could giggle, but I could. I could just like laugh, and I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is fucking painful." I mean, so at this point, we're recording this Tuesday night, July 12th, free agency eve. Um, so free agency starts tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, you're listening to it just mere hours before free agency opens, or as it kicked off, or even tomorrow night when some big moves have already been announced and trades have been made and you're like, wow, the guys had no idea what the fuck they were talking about or holy shit, they called it. <laughs> yeah, was a, which is par for the course, the first <laughs> one. Those guys had no fucking idea what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm actually, I'm excited because I know the flat cap and everything else, but that, I feel like that makes it even better because now you have GMs forced to be creative. Um but there's some good fucking talent out there, man. Like, Goudreau is a franchise player. You don't get many Johnny Goudreau's on a free agent market. Yeah, and I mean, at this point now, it's not a test as to what Treveling just came out and said, where Goudreau's not taking the deal. He's 
yeah. going to market and that's it. I want, so I know we're about to wrap up, but if you're Kachuk, do you want to stay? I, that's what I don't know. And that's what <laughs> I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering on my own is that. What happens do, if he goes to Charlie and goes, I want out too. Like trade me. If that happens, traveling goes from a team that could be a consistent playoff contender to on the ropes rather quickly. Yeah, lottery pick. Yeah, that's that is way. At that point, there's no point in keeping Markstrom. No, I mean, I don't think that they're going to let Kachuk walk, but it's one of those things that if he does come up and he says, I want X or Y, I I think they're kind of tied to him. Hey, maybe. Ottawa comes calling like, hey, listen, we have some draft capital, some prospects. You have both Kachuks on the same team. (laughs) Dude, you never know what could actually happen sometimes. (laughs) Or Kachuk gets traded to Edmonton. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) At least Cassian's not there anymore, right? So that would be, if I was Kachuk, I'm looking at the tea leaves. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I know I'm young, but... I didn't expect to be. I didn't expect Sean Monahan to outlive Johnny Gaudreau here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens. Next week's episode is usually one of my favorite favorites of the year. The first wave of free agency recap, where all the big moves for the most part have gone down, and then we're analyzing the cap situation and what this means for next year's season and all that shit. So. I, Looking forward to it. Where the fun and excitement begins, pal. <laughs> well, at least for everybody but you. We have, everyone else has cap space. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say we'll, we'll make one trade and it'll be an AHL guy for an AHL guy. But <laughs> uh, do, do you have any uh, shout-outs, sir? Uh, shout-outs, yes. I'll give a shout-out to uh, my friend Annie, who helped me get connected with her sister who works down in DC for uh, let's say a well-known Congress person. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and having an a, one Friday in August, I'm taking the train down to DC meeting up for some coffee and getting some insight into, you know, for a few, for years, I always said like, I want to run for office. And then as I got older, I was like, I don't want to have to pander to all these fucking people, man. I was like, I'd rather be the guy behind the guy. So since her sister is chief of staff for this person, I'm going to be like, how, what do I need to do? Give me a 15 year plan. What do I need to do with my experience to go from where I am now to where you are or somewhere in your orbit? So it's going to happen. We're going to be shutting down the pod. I can (laughs) Uh, they're going to be coming back to the pod like, so he made this comment and this remark and this. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Hey, that's going to be the most fucking split traffic we've had on this thing. <laughs> hey, no press is bad press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Holy um, shit! But yeah, so shout out to her for that, and then uh, shout out to the first lady. Uh, got me well, got me, her, and a couple friends tickets to Def Cab for Cutie for my birthday um, when he play out here in. New York. Um, so but going back to my high school emo years, them and my chemical romance is playing in Brooklyn in September, which I'm going to go see as well. So 
Hey, if you want, I'll hook you up with some black mascara, pal. I'll, I'll make you look good. <laughs> um, yeah, get some black ripped jeans, some uh, a black fishnet top. <laughs> it, it'll be a thing of I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are my shout outs for this week. Who you got? Shout outs this week. I got one. Uh, Big Kev had a birthday last week, so so shout out to Big Kev. How old is he and, now? Forty. Is it bad that I honestly like, don't even know? He's like 50. <laughs> I have to 50 do the something. math on my mom. I have to be like, yeah, like she was born here, which means. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's like 55, I think. Give it to him. Yeah. Cinco, Cinco. Let's so, yeah. To Larry Murphy. Yeah, that, that's just like, yeah, sounds, sounds good to me. I'll, I'll take two. Take mine with cheese, you know? All right. So, I have to so, brush that big cash. Yeah, the big sexy. Um. But yeah, outside of that, that's all I got. And like Benny had said before, I mean, we're just uh, rocking and rolling here. Tomorrow should be a very exciting and important day. And by the time we talk about it next time, I think it's going to be an integral part of uh, some teams moving forward and some teams staying completely put, which is really going to start hampering guys like the Bruins. You and I are just along for the ride, man. That's it, man. I'm just here to talk for an hour a week. I don't do anything else. <laughs> your your our one hour conversation about hockey every week is what keeps me going. <laughs> I'm just happy to be a part of it. Give, give the first lady all of my love. I will. Also, got the coaster basically passed out spread eagle. Uh, oh, it's, it's, yeah. send send me that picture. I'm gonna put that on the <laughs> internet. Uh, she's in, loving the AC life. Do uh, you know what? I don't blame her for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so looking forward to next week. Hopefully, Jerry doesn't fuck this up. Better not, Chris. We'll see if Ben doesn't break his legs next week on 2, 5, and 10. Bye bye. <laughs> Girl, you know we've been together such a long, long time. Such a long time. And now I'm ready to lay it on the line. Wow. You know it's Christmas and my heart is open wide. Open wide. Gonna give you something so you know what's on my mind. What's on my mind. A gift real special. So take off the top. Take a look inside. Is my dick in a box? It's in a box. Not gonna get you a diamond ring. That sort of gift don't mean anything. Not gonna get you a fancy car Girl, you gotta know you're my shining star Not gonna get you a house in the hills A girl like you needs something real Wanna get you something from the heart Something special, girl It's my dick in a box